Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Welcome every single person watching online. We are, as a church, obviously under construction, but so glad you're watching from wherever and whomever you're watching with. Man, I want us to pray together. I want us to believe together. I want us to even stand together. If you're willing, if you're with a group of people, if you're by yourself, man, there's something about when you and I declare the Word of God by faith into our situation. I want us to do that right now because I'm believing that these moments, these next couple of weeks online are actually gonna really impact people. Perhaps we'd never impact before you can share it with some people you've never shared, but let's stand together, let's believe together and pray right now. Father, I thank you for every man, every woman within the sound of my voice who's watching right now. And in Jesus' name, would you strengthen, would you touch? And I'm gonna ask everyone to pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Jesus, speak to my heart, change my life. In your powerful name, I declare I can become I will become all you want me to become. In the powerful name of Jesus, and the church of life said, Amen. Amen. Well, church, so glad you're here with us for this moment. We are under construction, and the title of my talk is A Life Under Construction. I know I'm tying it in, I'm weaving it. Work with me, people. A Life Under Construction. Construction. I want us to jump into a text of Scripture, Acts chapter 9, verse 1. It'll be on the screen for you to read right now. In Acts chapter 9, verse 1, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, it is hard for you to kick against the Goads. So he, so he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Do you know, as I've been leading a church for now, gosh, well over 10 years, I often get that question, what does God want me to do? What is God's will for my life? It's an amazing question. Saul is literally a hater of Christians. He hates Christians. He is convinced that they are really a, a cult. He is trained in Judaism. He is smart. He is zealous. He is passionate, but he's dead wrong. And the problem is he's prideful. The problem is he's arrogant. The problem is he's self-righteous and God literally knocks him down, literally blinds him, shows up to him. It seems like it's a hard moment, but actually it's not a hard moment. It's a merciful moment. It's a gracious moment. See, 
See, Paul had been, well, he's still Saul. Saul had been building his own life, his own way, according to what he thought was the best thing. His life was under construction according to him, but God had a different plan. He had a different design. He is the great architect and he wants to build Saul. But before he builds Saul, he has to knock him down and get him to see some things that he has not yet seen. And he literally knocks him down. And for the next three days, he's blind. He doesn't drink. He doesn't eat. And he's simply stuck almost in his own self, seeing the folly of his own ways. For the rest of Saul's life, God later changes his name to Paul. But for the rest of his life, he's a man under construction. God is always building, always speaking to him, always working in him and through him. And this man ends up affecting the church perhaps more than any other apostle. He's the hardest worker by the grace of God. He plants more churches. He sees miracles. He sees the dead raised. He raises up leaders. He writes two thirds of the New Testament. He does radical things because he continually allowed God to keep building his life. He was always under construction. And because he was always under construction, he continually built what most mattered to God. And I hope that you're a person today that wants to be a person under construction. I hope that you're a person that says at the bottom of your heart that, man, I love God to design, to architect, to build my life. And I want to give you today five thoughts five principles that I see in the life of the Apostle Paul that speak to us, not just thousands of years ago, but today. See, the Word of God is, it's always present, it's always active, it's always relevant to our lives. It can speak to us wherever and whenever we need it to. But I wanna give you five thoughts today. And the first thought is this, that you and I need if we're gonna be people that live under construction and are actually vessels that God can use to build other people, we've got to understand this, that you need a personal encounter, a personal encounter. Sometimes to be honest, especially if you grew up in church, you relied on your mother or your father or your grandparents' faith or an auntie's faith. And there's kind of this sense of, oh, I'm safe because mum or dad or a grandfather or grandmother are praying people. And so many times there's blessings attached and that funnels on down and trickles on down to you. But I wanna invite you and I wanna encourage you to seek your own personal encounter from God. You see, the Bible actually says this in John 17, verse three. Jesus said very, very clearly that this is eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. See, God actually wants to have a personal encounter, a moment that changes your forever. And maybe many years ago, you had a personal encounter, but that personal encounter seems like it's distant, far away. I wanna tell you again, He doesn't just wanna encounter you one time. No, He wants a progressive revelation because He knocked Saul off and He changed his life, but He didn't stop building Saul. He didn't stop making Saul. Don't let God stop making you. 
Keep your heart, keep your mind, keep your spirit in the position where you are literally under construction. See, here's the reality. I was talking to someone the other day and he was actually talking about his own personal encounter with God. I was encouraged by it because it happened literally in our church. He said, Anthony, the very first time I came to your church, you preached a message and then at the end of the message, you asked people to close their eyes and bow their head. And all of a sudden I, I saw this light and it was like everyone else in the room, it was almost like they disappeared, but it's like I saw this light from heaven. And literally at that moment, it kind of freaked me out because I was like, what in the world was that? But he looked at it now and he looks at his life then. He was literally in uh, getting into gang life and was really going down a wrong track. And there was a divine moment, a personal encounter. I know a man from India. He's one of the greatest men I think I, I've personally ever met. He literally was in a gang that would enforce, put it this way, very bad things. He really was involved in a lot. And Jesus literally, like Saul, appeared to him in a vision in the sky and said, Son, this is what I've done for you. What will you do for me? And I believe this, there's nothing selfish about asking God, God, would you give me a personal encounter with you, a personal revelation of you. That might happen today. That might happen this week. That might happen this month, this year. As you begin to say, God, I don't have my own personal encounter. I need my own personal encounter with you. A life under construction takes a personal encounter. A life under construction actually takes steps of faith. Steps of faith. God doesn't want to leave you where you are. Listen to what the Bible says in Acts chapter 9, where He speaks to Saul and He says, Arise. He says this, go into the city and you will be told what you must do. I want you to see the simplicity of this for a second. He says, go into the city. That was His first instruction. Here's what I found. If you don't do the first instruction, God doesn't give you the second instruction. You've got to do the first instruction. For many of you, for some of you, you know what the first instruction is? Get to the house of God. Get to the house of God. Now, obviously church right now is online, but can I encourage you, if you live nearby, get to church alive when we reopen again. If you're in another state, find a life-giving church and get to the house of God. You're like, what does God have for me? I'll tell you this, you'll find it in the house of God. You'll find it in that place. You might be like, well, I, I go to the house, okay? Get in the Word. Get in the Word. Find a small amount of time daily to be in the Word. I don't know of a Christian who has a faith that I want to model that doesn't regularly spend time with God. But I will tell you this, it takes steps of faith. Steps of faith. Don't let church be just an online experience. Don't let it be a rush in and rush out. You know, many years ago, my wife and I, before my son was born, we went on a cruise ship. It was one of the most amazing vacations. We, were, we went with friends. We've, we've still got pictures of us on this cruise ship. And from time to time, we've looked at it and shown friends and reminisced. You know, sometimes people leave it like that. They're like, man, I don't want to go on a cruise ship, but I'll, 
I'll have your secondhand experience. Don't let your faith be a secondhand experience. You need to be in the house of God. You need to say, God, I need a personal encounter with you. Number three today is this. You need a godly goal. To be a person with a life under construction, you actually need a godly goal. Goals are good, but godly goals are great. You know, Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, he said this in verse 12, he said, Not that I have already attained all this or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. I pray for our church. I pray for men. I pray for women. I pray for families that we wouldn't just have goals, we'd have godly goals. I pray that our church would have an impartation. Literally, the Holy Spirit would do a work in our church, that there would be a fire for godly goals, right goals, the kind of goals that God is designing, the kind of the kind of goals that are so big that you're like, man, only if God shows up can these happen. The kind of goals that sometimes don't sound attractive, but when you complete them, they bring satisfaction. They bring a, a greater spirit to your life. You know, many years ago, we got involved in a compassion child. A compassion child is one of the children that you sponsor for about $40 a month. And my wife and I did that for 14, 15 years. And that girl then graduated out of that program. And then we took on a new person. I would say that that is actually a godly goal because you know what it did over the years? It changed our hearts. There were times when actually that simple $40 a month felt like we could have got rid of it in the budget. It just felt too tight. But we were like, man, we have to keep sponsoring this young, young girl. We can't let her go. We've got to find a way to, to get her $40 a month. That might be something simple, but that simple godly goal over the years affected my wife and I's heart. I want you to have godly goals. Do you know Abraham Lincoln said this one day? He said, the best way to predict your future is to create your future. The best way to predict your future is to create your future. So that doesn't mean your godly goals should be kind of sitting on the couch and waiting for God to do it. No, it's actually a co-partnership. It's a co-labouring. It's God, I'm gonna set big goals, but then I'm gonna go to work on them. Do you know what I find with me? That godly goals, they actually lead to number four, a godly stretch. A godly stretch. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. He says in, in Philippians 3, he says, brothers, I do not count myself to have apprehended it. He is actually near the end of his life. He has accomplished so much for the things of God. But I love about Paul and why I love reading the book of Philippians so often is every time it challenges my attitude and it challenges my commitment and it challenges my stretch. See, in this is a godly stretch. Here's what I love about a godly stretch. It doesn't break you. It has rest in it. It has a godly rhythm about it, but it does stretch you. See, I found over the years that God asked me to believe for more, but then He goes to work on my perseverance. And then I've got to go to work. Our entire staff, we believe, we persevere, 
and we go to work. But I found when we persevere and we work and we keep on persevering and working, guess what? God is in the construction business and God is making and God is shaping our minds and our hearts in the process of both believing with Him and working for Him. You know, a godly stretch. One of the reasons we do 5am club for me, for the men of our church is, it's a godly stretch. One of the reasons we do fasting throughout the year, it's a godly stretch. One of the reasons we do believe and build, it's a godly stretch. One of the reasons that we aim to reach more people for Christ every year, to teach more people and empower more people, I believe this, it's a godly stretch. And I wanna join your faith with my faith. And I want us to join together to believe that this fall, this upcoming season, man, it's a godly stretch. We have created more room in our sanctuary. That means this, I believe that God is getting ready to send more people, but you and I have got to stretch together. You and I have got to invite together. You and I have got to believe together. And guess what? When those three services are full, there'll be another godly stretch in our church, because I truly believe this, our church is always too small. Finally today, there's a godly focus, a godly focus. Listen to what Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. He says this, but one thing I do, one thing I do. He says, I, I forget the past, but I'm pressing forward. There was a focus about his life. Now, some of you ladies might be Listen to this and you're amazing at multitasking. You're like, how can I do one thing? Maybe you've got a job and kids and so forth and you always feel like you're juggling something. I don't believe He means drop all of those things. I don't believe that you just sit there and all you do is pray all day. I don't believe that's what Paul is talking about. But I would say this, let the primary thing be His thing. Let the primary thing of your life be His thing. Let there be a primary theme of your life that you are seeking His kingdom and His righteousness. If you look at the Apostle Paul, there were other things he did. He made tents, but the primary theme of his life was he accomplished heaven's mission. And I believe this, that when you and I go to work on heaven's mission, God is going to work on us. See, our lives are under construction, but they're not just under construction for no reason. No, we're actually to work and to put our faith and our perseverance into building godly lives, godly goals, godly families, a godly church. And in the process, God is in the construction business and God is gonna make something beautiful. God is gonna make something great. He is the great architect. He is the great builder. He is the great creator. He is good. And that means you and I can trust Him. So I'm gonna close today and I just wanna pray for you. Maybe you've never encountered Jesus. Maybe you say, man, that's me. I haven't had a personal encounter. I'm gonna pray with you in a moment. Maybe you don't have any godly goals. You have goals, but are they godly? You don't have any godly goals or maybe you've had godly goals in the past, but you have no stretch to you anymore or perhaps you've lost focus. I just wanna pray for us today that we'll have a godly goal and a godly stretch, a godly push about our lives, our church, so that God can accomplish His purpose through us and in us. Man, God is under construction. 
He wants to make us. Right here, we're going to pray. Why don't you close your eyes with me? Father, thank You for every man watching right now, every woman, every family, every teenager. God, whatever age and stage, You love them, You're for them. You died on a cross for them. God, there's some today that have perhaps never truly encountered You. And I ask, Holy Spirit, first of all, that You would give them that hunger to encounter You, to have a personal encounter, that the presence of God would become so real in their hearts and in their lives that they would walk away going, man, my life changed in that moment. You might be watching right now and I'm simply going to pray a prayer. And that prayer is almost like opening the door to encounter Jesus. The Bible says in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I, I stand at the door and knock. It says, If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, he says, I will literally come in and hang out with him. That's an invitation to encounter you. We're going to pray right now. Maybe you've never encountered God. And I'm just going to believe that that will be an open door that you might encounter Him right here, right now, on your couch, wherever you are as you are watching. Come on, pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Jesus, thank You for loving me enough to encounter me. Thank You for dying on the cross for me. I believe. You rose from the dead. I declare You, Lord, of my life. Fill my heart. I give You complete authority to make me, to be the person You want me to be. In Jesus' Name. Those of you that prayed that prayer today, there's going to be some information coming your way to help you on your next steps. But I don't want to stop right now. I do want to invite some people to pray. Some of you need godly goals. You need godly goals. You need a godly vision about your life. It'll give you stretch. It'll give you focus about your life. It'll actually help you become who you're meant to become. I want to pray specifically around the area that God would begin to impart godly goals into your life. Some of you need a godly goal for a great family. Some of you need a godly goal to to let go of some things. Maybe just money just lured you. Maybe it was the, the lifestyle of a party lifestyle. It just lured you. But you don't have a godly goal, but God would give you a godly goal. And I want to pray for you today that you'll have focus, you'll have stretch to it. But wherever you are and whatever you're doing right now, can we pray together? Father, I pray for every person right now. And I pray over our church. I pray over everyone watching that there would be a release of the Spirit of God for godly goals. I pray for wives. I pray for husbands right now. I pray in their business, their thinking. I pray, Lord God, for the dreams of heaven to be born in Your people. Lord, I pray for those, Lord, Lord who You've given those godly goals to. Lord, that they would learn how to stretch, how to work with You for those things. And Lord, your, your purpose would come to pass. I pray for them to believe the promises of God. I pray for them right now to walk in the promises of God. I pray for them right now to glimpse in their heart, to be stirred in the gifts that are sitting on their life, to accomplish things for Your Kingdom and Your glory. Pray for every business person, every business person, 
God, that He just bring His business under your direction and under your leading and under your guiding now in Jesus' name. Every young person just dreaming certain things. Father, I pray they just bring that and say, God, help me dream your dreams, I pray. Let my life be one that's under construction. Father, I thank You for working through the through the TV screen right now, through the computer right now, through the podcast right now. Father, bless Your people, strengthen them, fill them with the Holy Spirit. And Lord God, we, we expect an amazing harvest in this fall season. In the mighty Name of Jesus. And the Church of Life said, Amen and Amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. God bless you exceedingly.